When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's episode, we will discuss ADHD and how it may impact your child's ability to focus and stay on task, as well as some tips to help your child manage their inattentiveness or hyperactivity. Welcome to Embracing Autism, a podcast for parents of autistic children seeking advice and support while spreading awareness and acceptance of autism spectrum disorder. I'm Leah. And I'm Matt. And each week we will discuss our journey with autism and talk about how to embrace your child's individuality while providing guidance, tips, resources, and sharing our personal stories. This is Embracing Embracing Autism. Autism. Hey everyone, welcome back to our final episode of season two. The ADHD episode. ADD, ADHD. I think I read that now they don't do ADD slash ADHD. I think it's all just ADHD and then they just put different types. I'm not 100% sure, but... Kind of bundled together of sorts. Yeah, kind of like what happened with autism, where you used to have Asperger's and, was it like PPD, NOS or something, and a couple others, and And now now it's just just all autism. Yeah, I believe that that's what they did with ADD, ADHD as well. I'm not 100% sure, though, so don't quote me on that one. (laughs) We are not doctors. But again, disclaimer, everything that we tell you, please verify with your therapist or doctor first. We are not doctors. We are not therapists. We are just parents who have a lot of experience, have done a little bit of digging. And for this particular episode, we are also both ADD, <laughs> ADHD self-advocates. Woohoo! There we go. We're, so we're pulling from our own stories. Yeah. Our knowledge on this. Exactly. If you couldn't tell... I feel like we make it pretty clear in this podcast that we are both ADHD. It's pretty obvious, I think, by the way that we talk and the things that we say. Teamwork makes the uh, dream work. So, uh, <laughs> Not even sure what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> <laughs> means we both have the same uh, ADHD component Thing. and then we're working together to become a stronger unit together. Right. So I have ADHD in attemptive type. I believe what it is is that it used to be called ADD, but now I think everything is classified as ADHD. And then ADD would be like a subcategory called the inattentive type. So that's the type that I have. And that basically means like you have difficulty staying on task or sustaining focus, staying organized. And then you have some of like those processing attention type of challenges, but you don't necessarily have like the hyperactivity aspect of it. Although I realized (laughs) just in looking up what the hyperactivity part was, I was always like, oh yeah, I have ADHD, but you know, I'm not hyperactive. I'm not one of those types of ADHD. And then it turns out that hypertalkativeness is part (laughs) of the H and ADHD. And pretty sure everybody listening to this podcast is like, oh my God, she talks a hundred miles a minute. When is she going to be quiet? So So, instead of you running a mile, you're just like talking the mile? Incessantly. Yeah. I'm like the annoying mosquito that you just hope shuts up, but just doesn't. Well, for me, I'm pretty (laughs) sure I'm, well, I guess what would have been classified as the ADHD components as far as like lack of focus the amount of times someone will have to call my name to get my attention and then <laughs> lack of lack of organization has constantly followed me my entire life gosh i remember once when i was in school i mean kind of 
side sidebar side. No, this is related. <laughs> so I remember I always I would have my organization was basically kind of like carbon dating, if that makes what? Oh, no, oh, okay. <laughs> so you know like carbon dating with like fossils and whatnot, like different types of dirt yeah. of like the oldest is probably like at the bottom and then you're able to tell the different layers because of what's oh on top gosh. of it. Oh my gosh, was that your homework? <laughs> that was everything. That was notes, homework, assignments. I actually had, I remember in seventh grade, it was like, we had like a little like break for like 15 minutes where like the kids would like socialize and all four of my teachers agreed to like put me in like the you office. You had an intervention. They all agreed to put me in this <laughs> office. So I'm able to see all the kids walking around like socializing and they're like, you're going to organize your trapper keeper because all your papers are mixed or they're in this. And I was like, but I know where everything is. Cause it's like, it's like carbon dating, you know, exactly like the older <laughs> things are at the bottom. Anyway. So I was able to, when I actually did it, I found it in my trapper keeper. I had like an encyclopedia that was like a random encyclopedia in there that I didn't know that was there. Oh, so you didn't know everything that was in there. Well, I mean, but, <laughs> just... but like I had had all these papers and like every, everything my teachers gave me was in there just in the order that it was given to me. There were so really what oh you're gosh, saying is you would get something and you'd shove it in there yep. and not even look at it. Yep. I had folders, but they were in like the back. I'd never use the folders to like break down subjects. It was all together. And then I found an encyclopedia at the very bottom. Yeah. But no, like over like a hundred pages, I swear. It, it took it took a while to get through each of that. And I would have to ask my teacher, do I still need this? And they say, no, trash it. No, trash it. <laughs> yes, keep and put it in a folder. And then, oh my gosh, it was it was, it was was embarrassing. But yeah, that's my organization. And um, even today at work, my desk is uh, complete chaos. Yeah, see, I'm not that type of ADD, ADHD, like, because I'm really organized. I'm kind of like hyper organized. But the reason I am hyper organized is because I know that if I'm not, I will lose everything everywhere because I have like the poor executive functioning and all this stuff. So like with my ADD and ADHD, mine is like a lack of focus and attention. So for me, I basically have to keep things organized because if I don't, I simply can't keep track of anything and I just completely get lost and confused. So see, I've done it as like a coping mechanism. See, I, I really try like I like I'll have like a desk calendar, but. But full disclosure, it's like three weeks behind. Right now, when I go into work, it's on the wrong month. You know what I just realized? Here's like <laughs> another ADD moment. We, we, <laughs> we just keep going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, because Continue. Our, our podcast Continue. episodes are, I, I mean, they're truly just ADD running rampant. Oh I mean, gosh. I'm sure all of you out there listening have probably noticed this. You probably didn't need us telling you that we're ADD. It's probably pretty obvious. But I just realized that we started this episode talking about ADD, ADHD, and we still haven't even mentioned how it's remotely related to autism. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. Real quick, Continue. it's related to autism. There we go. <laughs> Oh. But basically, like, there, it's a strong comorbidity to autism. So a lot of kiddos who have autism are also sometimes uh, associated with having ADHD as well. And I know, like, for our oldest one, there's been some concerns maybe that she has, like, my type of, like, inattentive type of ADHD. She might have that kind. But the youngest one, for sure, I guarantee you, has ADHD, hyperactivity, inattentive type. Well, I remember that's why we actually had their hearing checked, because we weren't sure if it was when we're calling their name or making a noise or anything, if they weren't responding because they didn't hear it or it was just kind of the the focus. Exactly. So one thing to let you guys know is that when it comes to ADD and ADHD, unfortunately, this is one of those diagnoses that you simply can't get diagnosed until the child is at least like six years old. Doctors simply will not diagnose earlier than that. I think there may be some rare cases where they do like four or five, but it's really not the standard. 
But I think you can kind of, I mean, obviously you won't be able to get like a like actual diagnosis, but I think you can kind of gauge based off of how your child is responding back to us. I mean, I'm pretty sure like, even though my parents got like a diagnosis, I'm pretty sure they probably didn't need one in like my case. And I mean, for both of our daughters, like we're able to kind of see when they're focused or fixated on something, we can call their name 30 times. And unless we kind of like tap them on the shoulder, let them know like, hey, like we're here. You can kind of tell something is kind of going on there. Yeah, you can tell because you don't get a response. Like, typically when you call somebody's name, I mean, again, this overlaps with autism because not responding to your name is a symptom, but it also is a symptom to ADD and ADHD, but for different reasons. It's an inattention rather than in autism. It's more like when your name is being called, you don't understand the social concept that that means somebody wants your attention. Whereas in ADD, ADHD, it's like, oh, you didn't hear them because you were so hyper-focused on something else or you're distracted or something like that. It's it's not usually intertwined or interblended with kind of the, or it can be, I guess, with the, with the two. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of hard to tell. And that's why they do later diagnoses with ADHD, just to kind of help rule out other things that it could potentially be. For us, we have that hyperactivity aspect for our kid, the youngest one. And there's a lot of things that you can do to accommodate that. And we have done a lot of them, which kind of overlaps with the sensory aspect. Kiddos who have ADHD and kiddos who have autism, even if they don't have both, if they are just separately autistic or ADHD, they have similar accommodations in school for that sort of stuff on the areas that it overlaps. So like, for example, a hyperactive ADHD kid who maybe has a hard time concentrating in class, one of the accommodations they will do is they'll give you like a wobble chair or something like that, which is kind of funny because fun fact, everyone, when we record these sessions, I'm sitting on a PT therapy ball. I'm not using a chair because I need to be able to wobble. (laughs) And I am not. (laughs) Yeah, because you're not, you're a different type. Right. But yeah, see, that's the thing. It's that sort of spectrum thing too when it comes to ADD and ADHD. And I have heard some people refer to that as on the spectrum, but they don't mean it like autistic. They just mean that ADD is also a spectrum. So I guess Um, that makes sense, right? I mean, I guess so. I never really considered it. I thought it was kind of like, yes or no, you are, you aren't kind of thing. I mean, I guess it makes sense that there would be varying significant uh, areas where you would struggle more than in others. Yeah, so typically when people say on the spectrum, that typically does mean autism. But I've learned that in the world of ADD and ADHD, they sometimes include that as part of the spectrum because kiddos who are ADD and ADHD aren't all showing the same symptoms either. So like, for example, you and I, we both have the same diagnoses, but we're very different. Like when I was young, one of the accommodations I needed in school is they had to make sure that my seating in my class was placed away from any sort of windows because if there was a window, I would get too easily distracted and I couldn't focus on the teacher or the lecture in class. See, mine was very heavily on like using like a planner, like basically having my planner like checked every day by like my my teacher or counselor or whatever, just to make sure that I was actually tracking everything to try and stay organized. I mean, I mean, I did the same thing. It was just that was like a self-accommodation that I did older. So like middle school through college and on, I basically did have like a planner. The difference is that like for me, I also had anxiety, which encouraged me or kind of forced me to keep track of those things because I was so stressed out that I would forget that I was like really anal about making sure I was tracking everything. So I don't think I had enough common sense to be overly like anxious about like, I mean, like, yes, like I never wanted to like forget like my homework because like the, oh no, I don't have my homework. Like, I mean, that would panic in, but that was like at the moment when you're already at school, I guess I just didn't have enough common sense to like even think about that at the time. 
Yeah. So with the inattentive part of that, that basically means that like you have a hard time staying on task, sustaining focus, staying organized, things like that. And I think you probably had a little bit of that because you had the issue of staying organized, right? I mean, it even started off with organization in like first grade. I remember my parent-teacher conference, one of the things they were focusing on was keeping my desk clean so I was able to access everything I needed because otherwise I was just shoving papers in there left and right. It's been my entire life I've always struggled with organization, making sure I knew where each doc or document, (laughs) where each homework (laughs) assignment or just like classwork assignment was. So, I mean, even now I still struggle with organization. The other aspects of it are basically like hyperactivity, which is like having to constantly move even when it's not necessarily in an appropriate location, place or time to be doing that or like excessively fidgeting or tapping or talking. And that's where I always thought that I wasn't hyperactive, but I realized that I am because I am constantly fidgeting and moving. Whenever we have company over, I'm the only one on a rocking chair and I'm constantly like rocking it and nobody else is moving. But even so, I would think that, I mean, our oldest daughter, as far as the talking, she's always saying something. Sometimes it doesn't make sense because <laughs> she's just talking about all sorts of things. But I'm, I'm just thinking of like if we're in the car and there's no music or anything for them to listen to, she will provide the audio. Oh, yeah. She will be singing for us or talking. Or just asking or... questions, wanting us to yeah. say something to her, ask her questions. As we're the youngest one. It's quite the opposite. We don't. We don't hear anything from her. She's basically Scott. I'm pretty sure she probably has selective mutism at this point, but we'll have to check that out. But with the impulsivity, that's another component of ADD, ADHD, which is basically having difficulty with self-control, or it could be like you really want your reward immediate. So if you're doing that little experiment with a kid where you're like, oh, if you wait and look at this little marshmallow here and you don't touch it by the time I get back, I'll give you two marshmallows. Somebody with ADHD would not really be able to do that. They'd be like, I want that marshmallow now. But I'm also thinking for our youngest as well, I guess it's the, I'm not sure if it's impulse. I'm thinking of like, we went to the park the other day with her and so our oldest didn't want to go down one of the slides for the longest time. She was like camped up there and we had to like kind of walk her down. But the youngest one, she went up to like the steepest slide that she could find and she went like oh yeah, straight she's through. She's a thrill it. seeker. She oh, really right. is. But, but I wonder if that all, I mean, obviously we won't know until she's older, but I'm wondering if that also contributes to kind of the impulse a little bit like, ooh, this looks like fun, like bam, going down the slide. And then like partway through, like, because sometimes like you look on her face, like partway through. Regrets it. Like she's like, oh, oh, I should have done this. Right. Like not necessarily (laughs) like a full blown like panic, but you can see it like her eyes like, oh, like this is happening kind of thing. She's like, oh, not what I expected. Okay. Right. So so I'm I'm wondering when she is a little bit older, because I mean, obviously she's only like two and a half, if it will be kind of the impulse control there as well. Yeah. The other part of impulsivity, and this is something that like I struggle with. Well, two things. I talk very rapidly. I'm sure you guys, oh my gosh, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I try to consciously slow my like <laughs> rate of talk down, but it just gradually just speeds up again and I don't even catch it. That's one of the things that I struggle with. But the other one that I struggle with that I'm sure is something you guys don't appreciate either is that I tend to interrupt a lot. And that's an ADHD symptom is part of that impulsivity of interrupting in conversation and like just not being able not to. That's been something I've heavily tried editing (laughs) in this podcast because I do it so much. No, I kind of laugh because I'm kind of like, because sometimes you like finish my thought because sometimes I get caught up with like the words that I'm using and I'm like, gosh, dang it, what is that word? And (laughs) I know, I mean, obviously you're uh, far more eloquent, if that's the right word, with language. I'll take it. You're more eloquent with your language. (laughs) So you'll like, with like us kind of doing a tag team, you like, 
will finish a thought that sounds much better than I would have gotten on my own. So I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's originally what I was thinking. About. <laughs> or you'll of. you'll be standing like you'll be sitting there like speaking your thought, and we're recording the episode, and I'm sitting here like bouncing on my PT ball, and I'm like, come on, come on, I got it, I got it. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. So basically, that's just like having the horse. It's like what's that saying where you're like holding the horses back or something? Or is that? A Spanish thing. It might be a It might Spanish. be a Spanish thing. I guess I'm, okay, ADD moment again. Man, so I don't even know if I ever mentioned anywhere in this podcast that I'm Hispanic. Did I? I don't know. But I am Hispanic, and one of the things... I am not. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that comes to mind sometimes are, like, I will have a thought that is, like, a saying in Spanish, but there's not an equivalent saying in English, so I will, like, translate it literally, and then Matt has no idea what I'm saying, and I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> my, my favorite one was the, the one with the frog when you get hurt or something. Oh, yeah, the little saying about, yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. Little, yeah that's really hard to translate into English. <laughs> Yeah. But needless to say, I think we're way off track again. But this whole episode is a perfect example of ADD. I don't know why talking about ADD makes me be more ADD. Well, because you think of all the examples of like your life or like even for like our kids and just like the things that they're encountering. You're like, yep, we are like, like one family that is, I mean, very ADHD. Oh, yeah. It's extremely strong in my family. Pretty much every single person, with the exception of one person in my family, has been diagnosed. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people in your family that need a diagnosis and probably have not been (laughs) diagnosed, but I would be willing to bet. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're all, I mean, I think we're all very similar, at least. Or, I mean, not similar types, but like as far as like a similar overall, like like neurodiversity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure everybody there has some sort of neurodiversity, even though they might not all be the same thing. But I know for sure ADD, ADHD is in there. One of the things that we wanted to talk about was how to help your child manage their inattentiveness and their hyperactivity. A few things that we have tried with our child specifically with a hyperactivity is to provide her with an outlet. So like we mentioned the little wobble chair, for example, in school. If your child has difficulty with hyperactivity, it's good to try to adapt whatever they're doing to incorporate some sort of movement. So like with our youngest one, we have a really hard time having her sit down and do any sort of activities like coloring or just anything that requires you sitting still. So we started working with our OT to come up with like little games that require like physical movement. And that's how we've been kind of changing it up for her. It was basically like you would take one activity that would be kind of a motion activity. So like for for her being like on a platform swing, and then you would introduce something that requires you to be sitting still, essentially like a like a little puzzle with like a fishing pole, like the magnetic puzzles yeah. that you fish with. So she would be on her platform swing. So she still had the motion, but then she also had a puzzle in front of her. So then she was able to still get feed, feedback, feedback. Yeah, as she's kind of like swaying back and forth with the platform swing. And then she was also just able to do like the little fishing puzzle thing. So she was able to get the best of both worlds in that atmosphere. And then we would try and change it up a little bit more. So she would be able to put like little balls or squigs or whatever down like a slide. And then she would like slide down till I get them. We were trying to mix the motion activity with something that you would play with, not necessarily involving motion. And it seemed to kind of get her to be a little bit more calm. And then she was able to focus on that activity while there was still a small element of motion involved with it as well. And those are probably things you can probably do at home, but not in school. 
For school, they do make a lot of other accommodations that you can use. For example, the weighted or compression vest, those help with ADD and ADHD as well. They also have these things that look like giant rubber bands that you can put on the bottom of like a chair at the school. And it's kind of like a place that they can rest their feet. But because it's a rubber band, they can fidget with it. So they can push it out and kind of bounce their feet on it and it'll kind of like bounce their legs up. They also have the wobble chair. They have like a bunch of other types of things that your child could use in class. So like they could use like a little kid PT ball. Our kid has that little PT ball chair too, remember? It's like- That's true. It has like a little back support to it, but then like the ball kind of- Sits sits in it. Sits in it. Like it's like a kind of like a donut, kind of like a donut shape. And then the ball sits in kind of the hole. So then she can kind of roll around or kind of shift back or bounce like you're doing right now. Yeah. So like there's- (laughs) I mean, the PT ball works great for me. Like, I feel like I can get my energy out, no problem. And I use it for work and everything. I also really like rocking chairs. Those really help me kind of focus. And that's the thing. A lot of people think that when it comes to ADD and ADHD, they think that if your child is moving, then they can't possibly be able to focus. So the instinct is to stop them from moving. But I actually personally find it completely opposite. Like, if you do not allow me to, like, bounce or rock on my chair as I'm trying to do what I'm doing, I'm too distracted distracted by wanting to do that when I'm not doing it, that I can't focus on the task that I'm doing. Well, it makes sense if you think of like the person who can only do homework, for example, by listening to some type of music or something. If you take away the music because it's not acceptable to work by yourself with music for whatever reason, then they are constantly thinking where they're like, okay, it would be great to like have that to kind of help me like through the process. But if you take it away unnecessarily, then you're only penalizing the student or child. When you are using it, it's kind of like a self-soothing technique where it kind of helps you hyper-focus. So if you take that away, it kind of feels like your thoughts are kind of flying everywhere now. You don't have anywhere to channel it. This is going to be a nerd reference, but I just thought of it. It kind of reminds me of like the Jedi and like their lightsabers and all this stuff, like how they had to learn to channel their force. And then the force had to be channeled through them so that they could direct it. But like, if you can't, that energy just goes everywhere and it's chaos. Does that make sense? It's kind of like the same thing. You have to like channel it through some sort of like behavior or something to kind of focus it. The force flow through. You should be proud of me. I just made a Star Wars reference. (laughs) But then the Sith are acting out of like chaos and hatred. So that's the alternative to that. Yeah. So clearly I am the good guy and you're definitely the bad guy. (laughs) With my my, uh, crazy organization skills. That's right. Yeah. Um, But I was thinking about the other thing was even though our oldest doesn't have the hyperactivity where she needs to like stand up or like constant motion when she was at her little therapy school. She was having a difficult time like sitting down originally and they found out that when they give her, well, she's obsessed with ducks. So when they give her like a little duck or like a little bird toy to sit with and hold, she was able to sit there no problem because she had like her little comfort Comfort. toy. Mm -hmm. And then they were able to do story time. She was sitting in her little chair. She was happy she had the little bird. And then from there, she was able to contribute to the story if they were asking her questions. So I'm not sure if if there is a comfort toy that would also benefit where... Well, they did something like that. So for the littlest one, because of her hyperactivity, she has a really hard time sitting still in her chair. So one of the accommodations they made for her is they actually put her in like a beanbag chair. Okay. And because she was able to kind of like sink in and get more like sensory input from that, that actually helped a lot. And then some days they also give her like a little rocking chair, like a little wooden rocking chair. Okay. So those are like a couple of things that you can do, but there's a lot of different accommodations out there that you can make for your child. It just kind of depends on what your child's specific needs are. 
And I think if you're having trouble coming up with whatever that item is or whatever that activity is, I would definitely reach out to like your occupational therapist just to get some ideas of, okay, how can I work with my son or daughter if they are struggling with this, just to kind of get some ideas. And then I think from there, I mean, you should be all set. Yeah. And the other thing that you can do is you can reach out to other either adults that have ADD or ADHD or maybe parents who also have children who have it because a lot of people end up using very similar methods. Like for me, another accommodation that I got was extended testing time. I was able to test and do assignments in an isolated quiet space for a room. Again, I was put away from windows or further in the back of the classroom if I found it too distracting or if I needed to focus more on the board, they'd put me at the front of the classroom. So I had like a perfect view of the board and not get distracted with the other students. So it really just depends on your child's specific needs because everybody can have an attention or focus issue that's kind of like the opposite of the other. What distracts me might be like something that somebody else can completely ignore. So you have to really make it child specific. So another thing to remember is you can have these accommodations built into the IEP. So like in your case where you would need to sit either in the front of the classroom or the back of the classroom away from the window or whatever other extended testing time, if you have that built in, then every year kind of moving forward, you don't have to worry about re-advocating for those accommodations again. Yeah. And I always say when you're going for the IEP, it's better to have too much than too little. So if there's like any accommodations you can think of at all, just fight for all of them because even if you don't get all of them, you'll get a couple. And the more you try to add, the more you're likely to have. So I would just say like, if you aren't sure if they need extended testing time, like throw it in anyway, because it's good to have just in case because you never know. Right. So that's our episode on ADD, ADHD. Hopefully it wasn't too all over the place for you because I feel like it was, but. I enjoyed the journey though. (laughs) So thanks guys. Thank you so much for listening to us. This has been the end of season two. For season three, we will be focusing on hearth and home. So this is going to be a season that's going to be all about family life and autism in the home. And we will be giving you a teaser of that in the future. We will be going on a little bit of a break now because of the holidays, but we will be having some live streaming sessions coming up. So please make sure to follow us on Facebook at Autism Wish and also on Instagram at Autism Wish. We also still have our monthly parenting group. All that information is on on the Facebook account, and we will still be posting a few things here and there. So just keep in touch, make sure to follow us, and you will see access to all the other information that you don't get through the podcast by following us on social media. Yep, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. To review, in this episode, we discussed how an ADHD diagnosis must typically wait until the age of six, how minor accommodations such as a wobble chair, seating arrangement, and extended testing time can have a significant impact on your child's performance in school. We also noted how allowing your child a way to channel their energy can ultimately help them gain better focus and attention during tasks. Follow us on social media at Autism Wish to join in our upcoming live streaming holiday events, live Q&As, and bonus content. The Embracing Autism Podcast will be back January 2022. This is Embracing Autism. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.